Hey everyone, welcome to the Webtoon Room. This is Grudy. Will and I are still on hiatus, but with Cursed Princess Club having its season four premiere, oh my goodness, coming up on August 15th, we wanted to do something special and re release one of our old episodes. Actually, this is our first episode. <laughs> so, yeah, a lot of nostalgia. We released this almost a full year ago. Um, so time has really flown by, but we're really excited to share this out. This was a season review for seasons one and two, and there's a lot of goodies still to take away, a lot of Frederick and Gwen analysis, even some mentions of Laverne, all that good stuff. And we hope you guys enjoy this episode, even though we're not putting out regular content right now. We miss you all, and yeah, for now, enjoy the episode. Hello, and welcome to the Webtoon Room. I'm Will. And I'm Crudy. And we love talking about Webtoons. Here at the Webtoon Room, we offer a thoughtful, balanced, and mature discussion and analysis on all things Webtoon. This is our first episode, and today we'll be talking about Cursed Princess Club. Before we get started, actually, we're going to offer a spoiler warning, a pretty big one, because this episode is going to be filled with spoilers from season one, two, and a little bit of three. We're basically going to be current with what is out on Webtoon right now, which is episode 65. So if you do not want spoilers, do not listen to this until you have read Cursed Princess Club. You have been warned. Yes. Okay, now let's get into it. Where do you want to start? Uh, where should we start is a great question because there's it so is. many things about it Cursed is. Princess Club. It is. Um, let's, let's start by just telling everyone a little bit about the genre and what kind of webtoon it is. Right. Cursed Princess Club is a fairy tale esque story about a young princess from the Pastel Kingdom, Gwendolyn, and her journey to discover self-love and work her relationships and learn to really appreciate herself. That's a really great, that's a really great just like wrap up of what Cursed Princess Club is. I would also, so Webtoon categorizes CPC as a comedy and it is most definitely comedic. It is hilarious. Actually, I would say one of the most hilarious Webtoons that is currently out on Webtoon uh, online. And, um, but I would not say it is primarily a comedy. It is definitely a coming of age story of young teenage Gwendolyn and we could not be more here for it. <laughs> it is so great. And that's, I think, one of the things that Cursed Princess Club does so well is just the characterizations of all of the characters in the webtoon. Like, everyone has a clear identity. Everyone is very human, very flawed, and beautiful as well in their own way. They're, they've got their own struggles. No one is in a stereotypical box which is pretty cool yes um everyone who you think would fit the stereotype when you first meet them either subverts it in a clever way or funny way or they're just more three-dimensional than you originally thought and this is one of the many reasons why i think we love this webtoon so much definitely i mean i feel that with even i think 
some of the characters that you could actively stereotype. Like, I feel like you could stereotype the two other plaid princes, the older plaid princes. You could definitely stereotype them. And there's depth even to those guys, which is really great. Um, mm -hmm. Let's start talking about some of the characters. So Gwen is a princess. She's the youngest of three in her family. I'm not sure if her and Jamie are twins. Um, they might be. That's actually a question I have later. But she is the youngest of her sisters in the Pastel Kingdom. And so there's the Pastel King. There is Jamie, their brother, who is the Pastel Prince. And then there's three Pastel Princesses, Maria, Lorena, and Gwen. And Maria and Lorena are traditionally beautiful. They're sweet. And Gwen is also loving and sweet and very intelligent and very crafty, but she is not as traditionally beautiful as Maria and Lorena. And even Jamie. Jamie is the pretty one also, <laughs> which there's some hilarity with that too. So she is not as traditionally beautiful as the rest of her family, but she is absolutely gorgeous to anybody who knows her. And she is just a beautiful, warm-hearted person. And the Pastel King loves his children very much. like arguably too much <laughs> just a little bit just a little he can get a little overprotective which is is funny and um it's played for comedy largely you know like he th there are tidbits about like he doesn't let the princesses go out into the world <laughs> except until i think the end of season two is when, <laughs> when they rebel and they and and all of that but um so arguably too much love, but he is, I think, a well-meaning man. But he announces their engagement to the Plaid Princes, which is very interesting. And the girls are very excited about this. Yes. Yes, they are. And the Plaid Princes, they show up and they each pick a sister to be engaged to. And this is kind of how the story begins. Yes. Maria and Lorena get to, to the more handsome ones. And Frederick, who is the youngest of the princes asks before he shows up asks to be engaged to the youngest sister and unbeknownst to him he's looked at a portrait of, of the four siblings and thought that jamie was gwendolyn yes there was a slight misunderstanding there of who exactly the youngest sister was and to be fair the painter did not portray gwendolyn in the most flattering light <laughs> Which, <laughs> like, it's a very legitimate thought that Frederick had, which is like, I thought she was just haunting the painting. Like, th they do that in our castle sometimes. I thought that was just what was happening. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. And so Frederick is kind of disappointed, I think, is an understatement uh, in terms of his reaction. And that's kind of what I wanted to ask you. That's a point that I wanted to bring up is his initial reaction to her. And by initial reaction, I mean, his attitude during the Plaid Prince's first visit to the Pastel Kingdom is that reaction to her towards Gwendolyn warranted? And at what point, if it is warranted, does he kind of become the asshole? Because, I mean, we're talking spoilers here. Frederick does not treat her very nicely on that first visit. Mm -hmm. Frederick, uh, to be fair to Frederick, he is a very young man. Um, yes. who is yeah. rather inexperienced with the world, but yes. he does say some kind of mean things. Cruel, yeah. There's so some cruel things. And he did, he did, you know, call, he did say Gwendolyn is really ugly. That is what he says. And he does say it without the intention of her hearing those words, but he still 
thought it. And, you know, I think there is a... His initial reaction, especially considering the misunderstanding, is understandable to me. Like, just that feeling of disappointment and, you know, being let down, especially because, I mean, as we see in later chapters, I believe they are 33 to 35 is when they actually go really into... Yeah, we see in the later chapters, 33 to 35, some of his past experiences that have informed those actions. It It is understandable, his reaction, but I do think his attitude of not even trying to get to know her is flawed. And he is immature. He is definitely more inexperienced. His whole assumption that this princess would be an angel that come to save him. And this is this is coming from the mind of a very, like, not only immature, but also traumatized boy in, in a lot of regards. Like, he's got a lot of baggage. He's got a lot of feelings of abandonment. He's got a lot of resentment. He's never really had a real friend. Yeah. Someone who, who sees him and really cares about him for who he is. Or, or even tries to understand him. Um, right. His brothers don't really. His father is all about expectations, expectations, expectations. Right. Um, right. And th- there's even a really, really poignant part of it during his backstory, where he, it's sort of like an inner monologue, and and he says, you know, why should I work hard to impress people who have never supported me? Right. And if everyone was going to look down on me, I decided I'd just look down on them first. Right. And it's unfortunately a very relatable quote too for people who have dealt with being ostracized and bullied and not really accepted by other people to just shut them all out. So Mm -hmm. even though we have this character who's initially very mean to our main character, he comes from a very unfortunately understandable place. Yes, he it's backed up by his real world experiences. And, you know, I think both Gwen and Frederick, I think they're both looking for belonging. Mm-hmm. And Gwen finds that with the Cursed Princess Club, which we'll talk about. But Frederick, apart from Gwen, who shows that care to him in the library when she goes to see him at Lance's birthday party, I, he doesn't have another person like that in his life, which is why I definitely I support their becoming friends. They're initially engaged, you know, in an in a arranged marriage, but I support their becoming friends. Really, I support wherever Lambcat wants to take the story. And, and I support whatever, whatever is best for Gwen. Because we still haven't talked too much about Gwen. She is another character. She and Frederick, I think, mirror each other in sort of immaturity and inexperience. Right. But yeah, so it's, you know, the emotions that Frederick felt when he first met her are very valid. But also... Gwen's Gwen's are also really valid in terms of how hurt she was by Frederick's words. Yep. And when she went off and felt hurt, this is where, thank you, Frederick, we get to actually go and meet the actual Cursed Princess Club. In Gwen's upset state after hearing frederick's harsh words she runs out to the haunted forest and stumbles upon the cursed princess club which is almost exactly as it sounds it's a club where princesses who are cursed meet up 
talk, eat junk food, try and support each other and work through each other's problems dealing with their curses, but also just it's a way for them to gather and to make themselves feel beautiful about themselves. There are various members. We meet, I think, maybe seven or eight of them throughout the webtoon so far, but it is founded by Prez, Calpurnia, but she is called Prez, and there are a rotating set of members. And by that, I mean not a rotating set of members exactly, but the princesses spend you know, anywhere from every day to occasional visits at the Cursed Princess Club headquarters. Gwen stumbles upon them. She kind of doesn't think she's going to join them, but she does join them, and it proves to be one of the best decisions that she's made. And, you know, it's, it's really fantastic because Gwen has a loving family. You know, her family loves her and they care about her, but this is the first real support system that she's found outside of the castle. It's really crucial for her, I think, to develop emotionally and socially and learn from her fellow cursed princesses and Saffron, who is amazing. <laughs> who is not a princess, but the who name stuck. Yes, he is not a princess, and he and he's very much resents the title of the club. Right. Uh, w- one note of clarity. When we say cursed, we mean literally cursed. Um, yes. There's a princess who's... Whenever she puts anything in her mouth, it just melts, dissolves. There's a prince who is actually... It's Saffron. Saffron. (laughs) He has a cursed cursed arm. It does whatever (laughs) it wants. But it also, like, to be honest, Saffron and his hand are kind of like my favorite OTP of this series. Like, I just... (laughs) He's written (laughs) They're reluctant roommates. (laughs) And and his hand... um, my theory is that Saffron's hand actually looks out for him and really does the things that are actually good for Saffron. It's like the friend that they don't coddle you. They do things that are actually good for you. That's right. kind of Saffron in his hand. And so I really, I, I ship that relationship. I'm I'm here for it. He, Just he, to he, never be, you know, cured. <laughs> he high fives his own hand. Like, Saffron's in for the ride, too. Yeah, he's like, my dude. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Thanks, bruh. <laughs> anyway, we're getting off topic. Yeah, so everyone is actually cursed. This is definitely a fairy tale, fantastical story. I'm just, I'm here for the friendships that Gwen makes in this club because you have people like Abby, who is kind of like a, a teenager. She is a teenager, but she's cursed with the face of a grandma. So you have people like Abby who are her age. Her and Abby are, as Prez calls them, the little old ladies, <laughs> which I think is so cute. It's very apt. And so you've got people her age, you've got older figures like Syra and Saffron and Prez who act as big brother, big sister, mentor figures for Gwen when she's going through struggles with Frederick or her own self-confidence. You know, the shattered mirror phenomenon that was happening to her that she confided in them in. So I I really think it, it's such a blessing for for her to have found them and for them to have found her. Do you have a favorite member of the Cursed Princess Club? Uh, I do. I really like Monica. She's Monica's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Monica is awesome. It's true. I love... <laughs> she, you know, she's really funny. And, and most of her scenes, like, they're played for humor. But I really loved... Um, I was rereading for this podcast. 
and I really love during the slumber party, she's very observant and she's like taking Gwen through the psychology of the group dynamics of the Cursed Princess Club, which I thought was really fascinating. So I think she's actually very smart and very observational and very in tune, but she is also very a very funny character. She's <laughs> also very relatable too. Like the the kind of anxiety that some people can get can manifest physically to the point where you feel like you need to run away. And for Monica, she turns into a crow and flies off. That's what she does. It's a literal physical manifestation. Yes. <laughs> no, but that's great. That's a really great point about Monica that anxiety manifests so physically for some of us. And for her, it's a very obvious tell. And so that's a, that's a great point to bring up. I would say my favorite probably is Saffron. I, I just, I love him so much. I love that his, his main, like, point of sensitivity is that he cannot grow a beard, and he's deeply sad by this. It's to the point that he does not care if he gets rid of his cursed hand, he just wants to grow a beard, which right. is amazing. And um, I also love, uh, he's not purely a comedic character, which is, again, I think to, points to the strength of this webtoon and Lambcat for doing such an amazing job creating 3D characters in his foliage lesson, uh, or I should say in, well, he does foliage and then it's also flower arrangement. So duo foliage and flower arrangement class. He has an in-depth chat with Gwendolyn and he said, even a blockhead like me can see when something is up. So it's no good keeping things inside. That's why I like to complain about things right away, which I love him for. <laughs> this, is, this is Curtis we're talking about, right? No, this is Saffron. Uh, Curtis is the butler. Oh, you're right. Yes, yes. I also love Curtis. Curtis is also fantastic. I love the men of the Curse Princess Club. They're wonderful. And the women, but just they've got fantastic characters and personalities. So I love that Saffron, while he is played for comedy a lot of times, he's he's genuinely caring and he is giving to the people around him like he may complain about you know not being a princess but he really is just emotionally attuned with everyone else in the club which is fantastic we touched on this briefly earlier but let's get into the romances and specifically the arranged couples between the pastel princesses and the plaid princess Yes. Which, by the way, is an amazing joke. Uh, <laughs> I laughed a lot when I realized what that was. I, I laughed so much at the shot of the plaid palace, which is just entirely made of plaid. And then everything in it is also plaid. It's so great. <laughs> it's, it's funnier than pastels, for some reason, just seeing the entire plaid kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good the gags in this webtoon are so so good so if you want to read it for just that alone i highly recommend it it's so well done the comedy in this is exceptionally well done but yes let's get into these arranged marriages let's Which, do the thing surprisingly most everyone is on board with and okay with yeah no there's there's no um hesitation really except for frederick when he realizes just exactly who he's engaged to but everyone else is on board blaine is the eldest plaid prince 
and he is he is for it. He thinks Maria is beautiful. He and Maria are kind of getting along swimmingly. Lance and Lorena are wonderfully getting along as well. And Frederick, I think at this point, currently in episode 65, we should we should talk about that later. We'll talk a little bit more about the state of Frederick and Gwen's relationship as it currently stands. But Frederick and Gwen had a rocky start, and they're slowly kind of understanding each other and getting to know each other as well. Um, I thought the scene in the amusement park was very, very funny. When um, Lance and Blaine have this kind of conspiratorial glance with each other, and they're like, hey, it's not a cliche. They don't know it. And they take the girls to a haunted house. Actually, a bloody clown murder house yes. is, that, I believe, what it is actually called. <laughs> and there are many bloody clowns lying in wait, waiting to scare them. And, and it definitely does not go as planned. No, it completely backfires, which is amazing. <laughs> but I think it, it's so cool because it really ultimately was just a bonding experience for the girls and their fiancés which is really what you can ask for. And I think I actually am a fan of these of these couples. I really am a fan of Blaine and Maria being together as well as Lance and Lauren. I think they're fairly well matched. What do you think? I think so too. I find it uh, really funny that Blaine realizes that his intentions are shallow. Yeah, uh, that was and great. And goes out of his way to try and ask Maria about you know her aspirations. He does it in a very awkward way. But it's very yeah. sweet and endearing. Mm-hmm. And they end up meeting halfway, which makes it even more wholesome. It was great. It was a really lovely moment for him also as a character as well, because Blaine is is the stereotypical pretty boy of the brothers. He has his own fan club. Like he is on K-pop idol status in his kingdom, you know? And so I thought it was a good moment of depth for him, you know, when the guard that is in love with Maria, I know his name, because no one ever asked for his name. His name is Beckett Dandridge. He is in love with Maria, and he points out to Blaine that your approach is shallow, your intentions are shallow, I love her for who she is inside. And he's basically saying to Blaine, like, if you approach her in the shallow way, if you connect with her in the shallow way, like, she will at some point find out that this is not real and she will fall for someone who is more real and i love that he he legitimately takes that to heart and he introspects and he in in a kind of a clumsy way he's also inexperienced i feel like all the brothers are kind of inexperienced it makes sense with their ages blaine is 20 lance is 19 turned 20 and frederick is 17 so it, it makes perfect sense but he kind of a little clumsily tries to approach that and, and rectify that. And like you said, it, it was really sweet that it was a real moment of communication between the two of them. Lance and Lorena, I'm also a fan of. Yes. How they bond is entirely different. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're just very aligned with how they see the world, which is amazing. <laughs> For a little bit of context, Lorena gets into a fencing match with another <laughs> character, Susanna. And Lorena has never fenced before. Yes. And manages to go five to four because she is very skilled at fighting. Yeah. And that was so Lance great. Loves it. It was so yeah, that that whole scene where he's just like, No, I don't really watch women's combat sports, you know, I'm kinda worried for them. And then the teacher's like, Well, you know, and she gets like kind of like she has her feminist moment there, which is really amazing. 
And then by the end, Lance has just become a woman's combat sports fan for life. life. It's amazing. <laughs> I, I love that journey for him. And I also love that one of the sexiest things that Lance could think to say to Lorena, and this was, I think, in their earlier meetings, but one of the sexiest things that he could think to say to her was, I'm going to gorge myself on waffles. Find me later. <laughs> Lorena loves it, by the way. <laughs> She's like, I've never wanted to be a pie or a waffle more in my life. But it is really sweet because he actually, it's not like just purely self-indulgent. He's like, here, I, I made you a waffle. And then he gives her a waffle with a pun written on it, which is really cute. It fits with who he is. He's a play on the whole dumb jock stereotype, but he's not, he's not dumb. No, not at all. Um, he is a jock, though. He is a little bit of a jock. He's more athletically inclined, and he is very skilled in the physical arts, kind of like Lorena is. Lorena is very battle strategy, combat sports, you know, fighting. She's skilled in those areas, and they match each other well, I think. They understand each other well. They definitely, definitely do. Yeah, as, as do Blaine and, and I think Maria. They're, they're definitely both on the same wavelengths. And it's interesting, but I really do think, should the author go there? Because, you know, Lamcat may not develop a romance between Gwen and Frederick, although I do think that's where we're headed. But I think Gwen and Frederick are also well-matched because they're both kind of sensitive souls, you know? Can you be a little bit more specific for our listeners on what you mean by sensitive? Sure. So I think that both Gwen and Frederick are slightly more introverted than their siblings, for one. And they're both, by sensitive, I really mean that they're both very attuned to their emotions. I can see that in Frederick with how deeply he wants to connect with someone emotionally, and the same thing with Gwen with how she connects with Jamie, and also how she connects with the Cursed Princess Club. They're both attuned in that way, and I think that's Gwen's expressions of care matter deeply to Frederick. The cup of soup that she makes him, it's the first time anyone has ever made him anything in quite that way. Just It's been a long time since someone has made him something just because it was for him and it was out of care and love. And that, I think, is unique to the both of them. Right. Yeah, it is very fitting that the first closeness he feels to her is through food, because that is her gift. One of her many gifts. She's very crafty. But that is how she expresses her love to the people around her. And Frederick definitely feels that. And they connect through the book. Yeah. So first they connect through her gift, then they connect through his love language, which is reading books. And it's really wonderful to see them kind of develop their connection. She goes to meet him in the library. And they both... I think preferred hanging out in the library to hanging out in the regular ball area. They're both kind of on each other's wavelength there. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on Gwen and Frederick? Gwen and Frederick are really well matched. As you pointed out earlier, they connected really well in the library. It does take a little bit of prodding by other characters, namely Jamie has to step in and mm -hmm. convince Frederick to try and give things a second look. Frederick mm -hmm. initially has a really bad first impression. And yeah. hilariously so, it continues for a little bit. Um, I know. Yeah. Which brings a point we should touch on. We haven't talked too much about Jamie. 
Yes, I love... So I'm a fan of Jamie as a comedic character, but I also love his relationship with his sister. I mostly love it. I'm thinking in particular of his lovely conversation in the amusement park on uh, episode 27, I believe, when he, he had tasted Gwen's emotional devastation through the waffle that she had made him. And he knows something is up, and I love the way he approaches that conversation with her because he doesn't try and force her to share anything she doesn't want to share, but he gently kind of opens it up with her and he lets her know that he's there for her when she's comfortable sharing. And then when she does share a little bit about her troubles with Frederick, she doesn't tell him that what he said, that he had said that she was really ugly, but she does let him know that he is not that interested in her and she, oh, she, she feels that lack of interest from him. And from there, he kind of like reassures her and he lets her know that she is wonderful. And I love how he takes that and he's proactive in his approach with Frederick. He proactively pulls him aside to spend some time in the relationship boat uh, hilariously. Um, and I, I also like the way he treats Frederick. He may have treated him, I think, differently if he had known that he had called his sister, his, his beloved sister, really ugly. But he doesn't. And so he treats Frederick in, in a very non-judgmental, non-confrontational manner, but he is direct and he lets him know about Gwen and what makes her unique and lovable. And he kind of, again, like prods, points him in Gwen's direction a little bit more. And he also shares with Gwen facts that he knew about Frederick that may help them bond. Jamie just seems to have everyone's best interests at heart even at Lance's birthday party when yeah. he's stuck tasting all the food. He's still looking out for Gwen. He's still look, checking over and being like, oh, where's she now? Where's she now? Mm -hmm. and it's, it's very, very wholesome to see this it where is. you have this, you know, brother who like clearly looks out for his siblings. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. And there's so many examples. I mean, you brought a couple of them to mind again at Lance's birthday party when Gwen is a little bit trepidatious of walking out and being introduced to everyone and you know she's already got taken a blow to her self-confidence and she can't handle she can't handle another emotional devastation and jamie just gives her a boost he says don't worry about them just look at the back focus on the back of my head and walk out confidently you don't need to look at anyone else and i love that confidence boost and like you said he's looking out for his other sisters as well he has a, obviously a very special relationship with gwen which I, I wonder if they are twins. I don't know. Maybe we'll find out. Maybe that's one of the things that we will find out. But in the f series finale of season two, he like he's like, I should have done this a long time ago. And he, he strips because that's Jamie's thing. He just like tears off his clothes and is suddenly naked or, you know, he has underwear. But he strips naked and he runs around the castle outside the castle <laughs> and saying basically like he taunts the guards to catch him and he's basically protesting the princess's restriction yes confinement is is a good word for this he's protesting the princess confinement princess's confinement and i love that he shows that care towards his sisters has there been a, ever been an instance for you where that has gone a little bit too far with jamie i can tell you an instance that i thought about that is like the one thing that came across as being a little bit too much. Uh, and that's his interference with 
the portrait session with Leopold, uh. who's a very interesting character. We'll get into him. But that was a little bit borderline for me. But I kind of saw that as stemming from like a top-down trickling from the Pastel King and how overprotective he is. Right. Let, let's rewind a little bit and get into Leopold. This would be a good time. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Leopold. Yeah. People think he's shady. I don't think he's that shady. I think he's well-intentioned. I, I would agree. Yeah, he is well-intentioned. People think he is shadier than he he's coming across right now. I don't think he's coming across as actively shady. I think he's just very interested in Gwen, which, I mean, I get it, you know? Who wouldn't be? She's a wonderful person, you know? Mm -hmm. I think people are, from what I've seen in the comments, a lot of commenters are... I think the main source of annoyance with Leopold is that he's just getting in the way of the Gwen and Frederick ship, which, you know what, I, I kind of, I'm for that, you know, like, Frederick needs to step up his game, he needs to mature a little bit, and if Leopold actually helps him realize and help give him clarity into his feelings for Gwen, which it kind of does during the, during Lance's birthday party when he sees Leopold come up to her and he, he was like, wait, no, but that's, that was, like, gonna be our moment me and Gwen and you're over Um, there flirting with two other women what are you doing like yeah exactly and and it forces him to kind of confront his own feelings and his own intentions with uh regards to his relationship with Gwen which I think is good I think it is a good thing for Frederick to do that and I think it is actually going to be good for Gwen as well because regardless of how the author plays Leopold in the future and how his role develops I think Gwen will grow and learn a lot from her interaction with him i think so too leopold doesn't hold anything back Mm -mm. he says what's on his mind he's very upfront about what he wants and what he thinks Mm -hmm. and it's kind of refreshing and a story where a lot of characters don't really know how to talk to each other they're shy they're unconfident and here's this character who goes gwen you're the most beautiful person i have ever seen and there's no hesitation there's no if but then it just is for this character that's true that's a great point yeah he he does not hold back that man which is great and he has like a lovely unique view of beauty and societal standards that is not really matched by anyone else in the webtoon yeah i don't know i don't think his motives are nefarious i just think he took that portrait job just to get close to gwen which I don't think is inherently a nefarious thing. I think you're right. I don't think he's coming in with bad intentions. You could mm-hmm. argue that might be a little bit selfish. But... Yeah, totally. But that's that's human. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm here for his interactions with Gwen. I didn't like how he talked to Jamie necessarily, but I I think Leopold is one of those characters, like we said, he has unique views on beauty and societal standards and he really is just i think the antithesis of everyone i think a commenter really has in in some of the latest episodes i read a really insightful comment about how leopold just presents a completely opposite view of beauty than his counterparts which is gwen is the most beautiful to him but he actively shuns traditional models of beauty such as gwen's brother and sisters which I think is kind of interesting. It is interesting, too, how the whole pastel royal family sees Gwen as very beautiful, and they don't see mm-hmm. her as anything but beautiful. Yeah. But everyone else does not, minus mm-hmm. Leopold. Mm-hmm. Exactly. 
I thought one of the funniest moments for me was um, the witch. She showed up, I think, in episode five, I believe. And then later on in episode um, 20, she showed up in the episode with the hospital when uh, CPC goes to volunteer at the hospital. And I thought it was so funny when the witch was like, oh, sorry, sister. I didn't know he belonged to you. Us girls got to look out for each other, you know. And she totally thought Gwen was a witch, <laughs> which Gwen was like, what are you talking about? I don't what so i thought that was funny uh and you're right everyone in gwen's family does see her as nothing less than who she is uh, and she's as a very beautiful person even externally and i was curious about your thoughts on that because season two ended with cbc looking at the portrait of gwen and her family and they start to wonder is gwen actually cursed because she doesn't look like the rest of her family it raises a good question is she cursed, or is she even really a member of this family? We should... yeah, biologically related, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't have a lot to go on, and I'm really curious to see where they take this. What do you, What is your theory? Do you have any theories around this? I think it's likely that Gwen is a witch. We don't know anything about their mother. In fact, there's been no mention mm-hmm. of her at all. Right, yeah. And I'm curious to see what's the reason for this absence is or even if there is one there may not be that's true it's kind of interesting to think about my favorite theory so far is something i read in the comments of the webtoon where someone had said that or had posited that gwen unlike the rest of her siblings took after her mother right so maria jamie and lorena all look like the pastel king but Gwen looks like her mother, which would explain why her father and siblings all think she is so incredibly beautiful. It's because she reminds them of their mother who is, you know, assumed to be past and no longer, no longer alive, which to me, I think fits very well with it. It it explains why everyone else recognizes the disparity except for the siblings and the core family, but also fits with the wholesome vibe of the webtoon as a whole. Right. So I really love that theory because, I mean, it's just so beautiful, you know? But who knows what the actual truth is. If, you know, Gwen really is cursed, or if she's not cursed. I will say if she is cursed, her life has really not been hindered in any way at all, other than, I guess, or her appearance, which would have been cursed, but she doesn't seem to have any other things holding her back from having a lovely full life. No, and I think that's one of the great themes and things about this webtoon is that anyone can, you know, journey and figure out how to fulfill their need for self-love. Yeah, definitely. It's great material to read if you are a young adult, but it's also great material to read, you know, episode 43 is a great message to anybody at any point in their life. Prez is a gem. And episode 43 is the speech that Prez gives to Gwen about the shattered mirror and what it means and how Gwen can help herself. It's really beautiful. It's it's such a lovely webtoon. I'm really excited to see where this goes. Season 2 was such a good season for this webtoon, and I'm really excited to see how season 3 develops. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about before we wrap up? Or 
Or we could just talk about our favorite random things about this webtoon that we love. I'm okay with that. (laughs) (laughs) Can we take a second to appreciate the illustrious, the lovely Laverne? Oh my god, yes. I'm so glad you brought her up because I was going to, if you weren't. (laughs) She's the best. Give her all of the margaritas, please. All the margaritas. Carry her everywhere. Make sure she is pampered to high heaven. Oh yes, she is a queen and she deserves to be treated as such. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) How dare Frederick disrespect her. (laughs) (laughs) It's so great. I also... Um, one of the things I also really love that is incredible is, um, the pastel king and the plaid king's friendship. I honestly ship them. They're so, (laughs) they're just so in love with each other. It's great. It's great to see two grown men just be unabashedly in love Mm -hmm. with each other. It's wonderful. They're very affectionate towards each other. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that, you know, the plaid king is like, we're remodeling our armory room and I need inspiration for my mood board. Can I see yours? <laughs> it's so cute. And their activity of choice is chess, which is wonderful. Mm-hmm. I really love how diverse the cast of characters are. We touched mm-hmm. on it a little bit on the yeah. different curses and whatnot, but yes, there's just so many different characters from all different walks of life. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and in, inside of all these characters are great puns and jokes and oh did we talk about jokes the jokes are great they're really good we've we've brought up some of them but we haven't gone even close to talking about all the different gags that this webtoon has i I feel like there are almost too many to mention Mm -hmm. Um, so let's just start with a few i really like the entirety of the princels (laughs) and how they show up And their yes. entire interactions with Gwen and Prez while they're oh at their gosh. like place, basically. I feel like we've all known at least one guy like this in our lifetime. Yeah. And I actually didn't get the joke initially when I first read it. But then you explained to me what an incel is. And I was like, oh, that's actually genius. That is a genius wordplay. <laughs> Lambcat is a genius. But yeah, we've definitely all known guys like this. That's what made it so it's what made it so good is like, whoa, uh, I know assholes like this in real life. Yep. They even have their own terminology. Oh, that this is a Blaine type of guy and <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh. You're such a Blaine. <laughs> <laughs> None of us is Blaine. None of us is cool enough to be Blaine. None of us are. No. <laughs> I think even Blaine is not cool enough to <laughs> uphold the public image of himself, which I think is very endearing, actually, that he is kind of awkward and, you know, he he's growing as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the Princels was a genius gag, a genius joke. I think I mentioned a few of my favorite jokes throughout this. Oh, one of my favorite just offhand jokes that I remember is when um, Gwen is initially devastated by Frederick's comment his cruel comment about her being really ugly she's kind of running that through her brain um and in the same scene she had overheard someone say that bell peppers are not vegetables but they are fruits and she's on a no sugar no fruit diet so she can't have bell peppers she can't have fajitas and so (laughs) that that was the other thing that uh gwen was also shocked about in that moment not only was she shocked by frederick's cruelty but she's like and bell peppers are fruits i was pretty sure about (laughs) about that one i thought they were vegetables 
It was great. It was really funny. A lot of casual gems of humor that are dropped in this yep. webtoon, which is great. I also want to give an honorable mention to the music in this webtoon. Oh. This is one of those webtoons that has music for every episode or nearly every episode. And music in a webtoon, I'm generally ambivalent about. It can be good sometimes and it can be as effective of a scene even without the music a lot of times. But Curse Princess Club, I think, does a great job with the music and creating a mood and an atmosphere with the tracks that matches the one set by the paper, uh, the webtoon right. itself. And I think Curse Princess Club and Purple Hyacinth are both my favorite webtoons uh, in terms of music and how they effectively use it to enhance their story. It's kind of an underrepresented aspect of webtoons, I feel. And we can discuss this later. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I, I'm usually not a big fan of music when I'm reading webtoons. Uh, but this one, I turned the sound on. I enjoyed some of the songs. Some of the songs were really great, really fit the mood. And actually, really I listened boppy. to later just on their own. Yeah, they're so they're so boppy. They're they're a legit bop. I'm here for it. You know. <laughs> Same. Any closing thoughts that we want to have about Chris Princess Club? I feel like we could do multiple episodes, and I think we'll probably we will probably do more episodes, especially as season three wraps up. But I love this little webtoon. I really love reading it every week. Yeah. I'm here to see where it goes. I'm here for Gwen. I'm here for wherever we take Gwen's story. I'm here to see the entire cast. If it isn't obvious enough, we love this webtoon. It's funny. <laughs> it's wholesome. It's great. Go read it's it if so you haven't. Yes, please. This is a 100% a recommendation. Like We absolutely recommend you to read this webtoon. Unless you dislike well-done stories, then then don't read it. But if you do like it, please check it out. Thank you very much for listening to the Webtoon Room Podcast. I've been Will. I am Crudy, and we are so happy you could join us for today's podcast discussing Cursed Princess Club. We love this webtoon, as you could tell, and we love discussing it even more. So we would love to hear from you at our socials. You can find us on Twitter at The Webtoon Room, or you can email us at thewebtoonroom at gmail.com mail us your theories we would love to chat with you there thank you very much we'll catch you next time